Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I, I think it does make a difference because, you know, you think in your mind that that team, uh, they fight for my right to party, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you, know, you got a little bit of... <laughs> <laughs> Back to the Brews and Bruins podcast, uh, episode 33. Zedano Chara! Um, I don't know what's going on with him, but I guess maybe we'll talk about it at some point. I'm here with Cam Hasbrook and Chris Gear once again. Andrew Johnson. I, this is, I thought Cam was introing this week, well, so is, I Is nothing. this even episode 33? Because we're I think going this is with... Episode, this is David Ortiz episode, I believe. Yeah, we're, No, we're this is 33. Carl Soderberg. We had a... No, Carl Soderberg. We had a 33, but it got it got lost. Yeah, but it yeah. happened. It, it got lost. So I, was, I thought that was 32 and, and a half. It wasn't. It didn't get that lost. That was 32 was and a half. Performance, Drew. We I thought it was 32 and a half. The lost episode. Mm. All right, I'm cool with got, that. All right, I guess that works I, fine. <laughs> someone texted that the group or yeah, something no, on Twitter sure or I something. So that's what I'm going off. That's kind of on me, I guess. Sorry about that. That's all, that's all we're all right. sorry about is that Cam messed up the number of the episode. Yeah, not, the, that, the not that we had a whole episode that is now scrapped, like two hours of recording gone. <laughs> it was it was performance art. It was live. It was authentic. It was raw. It was emotional. I will say it was a really good episode, but uh, I'm not mad that it didn't get released. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like that was that was yeah that was like a big like a really long episode that uh, I think people would have enjoyed listening to, but also it was like it was all over the place. We just, we were just like having conversations we by the end of beers. it. <laughs> we were slugging beers. Yeah, yeah. It just turned out that we got really fucked up on a Monday night yeah, for no it was reason. For sure, That's the drunkest it, episode of Bruising Bruins, uh, and then we continued it. Uh, at least camp. At least. So after we ended recording, we kept chilling with Cat for a while. There's some of us ending recording, you mean? Yeah, after <laughs> after most of our recording had ended, uh, and then after Cat uh, and Drew hopped off, uh, Cam and I jumped on a call with the friends of the show and past guests, uh, Nick Lanciani and Jess Belmasto, uh, and that's the beers kept flowing, and they didn't stop, and that was uh, that's all I'll say. That was. It's kind of. It was they still like are. They're still drinking from they, last they Monday. They don't stop coming, and 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 they don't stop. Yeah, they don't stop was... coming, and they don't stop coming. They don't stop coming. They don't. I got a Saint Archer uh, Tropical IPA. Uh, it is an ale brewed with mango and passion fruit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's pretty good. So let's see. Oh yeah. The drinkability scale. You know, no no IPA is going to be super high. I think I think Connor went too high with his double IPA there because that was 
That was a little absurd. Well, maybe he like mm. he like crushes triple IPAs on a, on a daily um, basis, and so the but doubles are light. As far as IPAs light. go, this one's super drinkable. So I'll go like twenty nine. Um, and then taste. Oh man, you can taste this beer. Uh, it has it has the fruit flavors. Um, very forward. <laughs> as advertised. Yeah, it's it. So you know, I'm gonna go twenty nines across the board. We're going twenty nine, twenty nine. It's too bad we had mm. episode twenty nine already. Pominville's that, that beer's episode. Yeah, but um, Pominville was number twenty nine, right? Sure, I think so. Actually, that looks like that looks I don't okay, know cool. why. I don't, That's a I, snipe. I don't think I could have pulled that out I'm looking at on my own, but like it sounds right to me. My roommate has a Pominville jersey. I'm pretty sure that I've seen twenty nine. Cool, uh, Cam. Cam oh, beer. Anyway, I'm drinking a, or I'm about to drink, hold on, a Mass Landing Gunner's Daughter Milk Stout. My roommate keeps telling me to get this, uh, and I haven't tried it yet. It is described as, quote, a, <laughs> not a drinkable beer you can taste, which is going to, I honestly, it's going to hurt it on the scale here because of that, but a beautifully aromatic milk stout. With bold flavors of peanut butter coffee and dark chocolate, which I am pairing with actual coffee right now. So a smellable beer you can drink is basically what it is? I think maybe, yeah. So we're (laughs) going to give it a go here. Hmm. Okay, that's kind of what I was expecting, yeah. So definitely like the Guinnessy milk stout, but more of a... um, It definitely has like more of a sweetness to it from the uh, the peanut butter and dark chocolate. Uh, Drinkability... Better than expected, but still a milk stout. So I'm gonna give it like a like a nine on drinkability. You're not gonna be crushing them because yeah. it's milk stouts. If anyone who's crushed too many Guinnesses knows how that ends up, <laughs> it's not it's not pretty. <laughs> not that I would know anything about that. But um, no, never, as far never. as taste, let's get a definitely pretty tasteful. I'm gonna give it a 20, 23 for taste. Right on. Yeah. Nice. Respect. Good beer, though. Over Very here in this corner, in this corner, we have um, <laughs> Totally Tubular, double IPA from uh, <clears throat> from Orno Brewing Company up by uh, UMaine. Ooh, yeah. Very popular up there. And this is their five-year – it's their five-year anniversary. So on it says 8.5%. We brewed this double version of our flagship Tubular IPA to celebrate our five-year anniversary. Huge tropical flavor and aroma. <clears throat> triple uh triple dry hopped with a whole lot of strata eldorado citra and topaz now i don't know what topaz is but you know topaz lopas exactly yes. okay cool so <laughs> gonna give it a try right. i almost picked up some tubular last week actually and I, I did oh some, wow uh, oh that sounds like a good he went right it's for the up to you, sip. Cam. I don't fucking no, I know. Care I, I'm just saying he went right up, for the but... second sip. It must be good. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So on uh, drinkability, I'm going to have to give this like a 32. Like it, it, noting that it's a double IPA, Very it high really doesn't. IPA. It, and yeah, it honestly, like it, it feels like I'm drinking a regular IPA. It's not too, too heavy. Um, in terms of taste, you can definitely taste it. I think especially the topas, which I actually don't know what it tastes like, so I don't know what to look for. Well, so but I'm, pro- I'm sure it's pretty heavy. I've looked it up. On the topas. Uh, they're, 
an Australian hop, it appears. Um, mm. And I don't know much about... It's down-to-earth... That explains why I'm thinking about kangaroos now. Down-to-earth, bright, and breezy uh, are, are things that it... <laughs> I can't find anything that says exactly what it tastes like, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, well, for, uh, for taste, I'm going to give it a... Uh... I'll give it a 28. Oh, here we go. Im- imparts oh, resinous, grassy flavors when added early or lychee and light tropical fruit flavors when added late in larger doses. There you go. I feel like we should repeat because, I mean, not everybody listens to every episode. Our scale is on a Bergeron scale. I was actually going to like jump in and say that like I thought it was interesting that this time we didn't explain our rating system <laughs> at all. And no. it was better at that point because now people, if you want to hear about it, you can go back and, and figure out how we're doing this. But, like, yeah, give, you know? us, give us those listens. <laughs> give, us, give us those downloads. How was that first three sips of beer, Cam? Jesus. No, I'm just saying. I think it's, I think it's kind of funnier this way. The mystery. Yeah. You want to go? All right. So what, what do we got? What do we got going on? For hockey talk this week we had more rumors hey buddy yeah uh, i want to talk yeah. these rumors guys because i don't know about you but we also like, didn't we also have stuff that we talked about last episode if true. we wanted to insert that <laughs> no, no 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 we already did that stuff well presented by bruins diehards by bruins diehards 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 i think we have to add that to the intro music so we should we yo should we do an asmr intro next week guys bruins diehards so the the thing i wanted to lead off with was with all the the tuca rumors i mean so so here's the thing uh gms have no reason to divulge anything right now to the press like there's no reason for anyone unless they're leaking things to either drive up or drive down someone's value in the trade market or in the free agent market so i think take everything with a grain of salt when you hear it from beat reporters and stuff right now it's not like that's their job to report stuff so it's not on them but if gms are leaking things it doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth also maybe like read into things a little more sometimes when it's like okay tuca has been asked to submit his 15 team no trade list which is something that he's done every year. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, maybe maybe pay attention to things like that, where that that is uh, clickbait artistry, where the writers who are writing things about that are know full well that this is something that is very common and isn't necessarily newsworthy, but is something that will generate clicks based on how polarizing a player to Karask is. So, yeah, right. be more vigilant in your hockey news consumption cut that out cam be more vigilant in your hockey news consumption and also apply that to your everyday news consumption and uh, take into account what the motivation of the person releasing this news is uh whether it be the source from which it comes or the person actually writing the news all right well if chris's ted talk is over (laughs) No, I actually am big time, like, as a as a local journalist, like, yeah, what he said, for sure. 
it's it's way worse in football than <laughs> the it, cam's on fire today it's way worse in football than it is in hockey but it is yeah, pretty no, bad sure. in hockey yeah i don't know for me it was weird because like i feel like there was this weird like twitter war that like started of course because it's Bruins twitter but like with what's his name dominic or something whoever who like was the one tweeting about it at first and then, like people were like Hashik? <laughs> yeah dominic Hashik was tweeting Bruins rumors uh, and then, like, people were like, yeah, I don't know about that. And then, like, a bunch of people were like, yo, all the haters, where were you yesterday? Like, see, because, like, like, Sweeney, like, mentioned it or something. Like, it got, like, really aggressive for just, like, what I could tell no fucking reason whatsoever. <laughs> Besides just people, like, stoked up and they're like, the Red Sox suck, the Bruins are fucking awful, and the Patriots don't play today. So I'm just going to get pissed off about something. <laughs> Twitter um, exists it, to dunk was on Was it people, Dominic so. Moore? No, it was, like, I, whoever the Dom, I don't know. There's another former was. Bruin. Was it Dom Lucision? Hold on, now you're gonna fucking make me look it up. I'm not like trying to call this guy out or anything. He was just the one who like tweeted out, and like a bunch of people were like questioning it. Obviously, Dominic Tiano. Oh, I have no idea who that is. I don't know, but he was also oh. like he was very much like, oh, I was the only one who has this and blah blah blah. Like, so I don't know. It's just like weird to me. I don't know. I just don't really understand. Like, I, I would be very surprised if the Bruins moved to Garask. <laughs> I think it's just like. This is still a team that can contend. Let's not forget that they were at a Stanley Cup final a year ago. And yes, the core is aging, but this is probably your last really good shot with that core. And like we were talking about last week, for anyone who tapped into our fucking Google Hangouts call, <laughs> resident goaltending expert Kat Silverman was talking about how next year, especially if they try to do a shortened season time-wise and stay out of the summer and still play in 82 games, which sounds ridiculous and even less than that, Three goalie rotations for a team are going to be very likely a thing. And trading away a Vezina caliber goaltender for that season just doesn't make sense unless and you're going into a total rebuild, which I understand the Bruins didn't win the Stanley Cup this year, but they also are definitely not in need of a total rebuild either. So th- trading away to Garask right now, I think for me, would be very, 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 very shocking. Yeah, I, I, I don't think a... I don't think the Bruins would be looking to trade him at all. I would think that, you know, when my original, back when we were really going in depth about it uh, and he left the bubble, my thought was, well, if he's not with the Bruins, it's kind of by his own accord. And I think it's not necessarily something where it would be like, I don't want to be in Boston. I want to trade. It'd be like, I don't want to play in the NHL anymore, you know? Um, but it seems like that was – it seems like it was just kind of, as they said, a family emergency occurred and he had to go back. It was not necessarily him not wanting to be a goaltender in the NHL anymore. Um, so, yeah, I don't think the Bruins would be looking to trade him at all. I mean, it'll, he'll be entering the last year of his contract, but they'll be wanting to re-sign him at the end of it, I would think. Obviously, that's next off season. We don't know what's going to go on financially, but – I'm sure Sweeney and company hope he's a part of the team for a long time still. He's like 33? He just turned 34. Okay, so he could have another couple of years. They might try to, you know, I don't don't see them wanting to trade him at all. I wouldn't want to just ride Halak if that was the goal. Yeah. I'd like having both of them there since they can afford it. Yeah, and like Kat was saying last week, you don't have a proven option behind Halak. Yes, you have a couple of goaltenders who are promising i'll say but you know that's that's a big jump from nhl proven and to just really like jump out on that wheel for next season of all years just seems really out there to me for what it's worth former guest connor ryan tweeted out that 
Uh, Sweeney said Rask is, quote, remains a big part of our roster going forward. Yeah, which Perfect. for whatever that's which does, worth. Which doesn't, you know, like, necessarily You heard it here? Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, like, it's not like people are, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, so. Yeah, Halak's no Rask. So I got, uh, well, I got a few things to say. Uh, yeah, Tuka being 34, I mean, he's he's already been effective post 30, whatever, like, and we've seen plenty of goalies who are more positional type goalies have really good careers, like deep into their careers thinking like Marc-Andre Fleury is already doing that. And I mean, he's, he's yeah. started to fall off at this point, but I mean, Roberto Luongo is another example. I, I mean, it's, it's definitely not the rule, more the exception, but it could drop off quickly, but also, it, there's one year left on his contract. I, I understand people wanting to like get value out of him while they can, but I don't know. If you're a Red Sox fan, you just saw the Red Sox just fucking panic and trade Mookie Betts because they didn't want to spend a shit ton of money on him and try to get some value right. out of him, and he's out having like an insane year in, in L.A. Meanwhile, the Red Sox had a LA. <laughs> historically poor season. LA. In L.A. In L.A. Um, but I want to talk about two Sean's. Uh, two of my favorite Ooh. Sean's in the hockey media. Um, Ferris and Thornton. We got uh, Sean Tierney uh, charting hockey. Uh, tweeted out a fun little chart uh, that he he had created a while back, and I'd, I'd seen, but reinforces a point that I've <laughs> that I've kind of been subtly hinting at over the course of my uh, Tukarask defense. Um, and it was in reference to the Devin Dubnik trade to San Jose where Martin Jones was like dead last in goals saved above expected uh, in in the league this year. And Devin Dubnik was like second or third to last or something like that. And I was like, well, it's, I guess it's an improvement technically. Uh, but, if, <laughs> but if you look at the chart, it's like a huge amount of goalies below like in the negative goals saved above average or above accepted or expected jesus i'm having some issues only had a couple of sips of beer but let me keep going and it's just, there's just like this little cone at the top that's like these are the goalies that are better than average in goals saved above expected and tukarask is like number three or something like that and connor hellebuck's up there and it's yeah. like it's the goalies you would expect to be up there, but my argument there is like whenever someone says like, "Hey, well, we need to move on from Tuca. He's soft. He can't win the big game." It's like okay, like I understand the the idea that like, all right, there's a, an Anton Hudobin who comes up every year, and there's always that one hot goalie who you don't expect to be hot, uh, who takes his team super deep, and and that's great and everything. But how are you predicting? Which of the shitty goalies? Not that Anton Hudobin's a shitty goalie, but he's like a career backup. Like by comparison, (laughs) (laughs) how are you predicting which career backup goaltender is going to get hot at the right time? Like, yeah. And so the other Sean that I wanted to talk about is Sean McIndoe, who writes for the Athletic, uh, and he was talking on the Puck Soup podcast about. uh, He had written an article about uh, like the the top moves of the decade or whatever. And, and one of the things that he noticed while writing the article is a lot of the top moves that had been made were teams not panicking and not doing a thing that they had been rumored to be doing. And so the Lightning winning the Cup this year 
with a roster that had largely been formed just through farm talent and a couple of trades here and there and some really like middle of the lineup trades, not like top end talent trades where they kind of just stuck with the plan. And, and a lot of teams Mm -hmm. who like demonstrably have been like, they have been one of the top three, four teams in the entire league for the past seven years or so. And like a lot of teams would have seen things go wrong in the playoffs several times, especially getting swept by the blue jackets last year and totally panicked and made a bunch of moves to get out from under contracts and, and maybe try and get some younger talent in there. And they, for the most part, just kind of stuck with the plan. And I think that's the move for the Bruins right now is you don't want to panic. Like this was the best team in the league this year, the president's trophy winning team. Mm -hmm. This is a team that went to the cup last year, the cup final. And I understand that there are aging players in there and there's some diminishing talent, but also there's some younger talent in there that's going to get better. And I think overall it balances out. I don't think you would expect a huge drop off from anybody. And I, I think it's one of those things where you just kind of stick with the plan. And especially with Tuka Rask, like you said, Drew, I mean, what what are we doing here? Like there's, there's no reason to get rid of a guy like that when you're, when you're trying to contend. Yeah, exactly. There's no better option. I don't know. I agree. I think it's... Could you imagine, like, what you were saying, Chris? Like, just stick with the plan. Like, could you imagine the reaction that Boston media would have had if the Bruins had blown... Or, you know, had blown it like the Lightning did last year? It would have been, like... There would have been calls for, like, like actual death threats probably in the mainstream media. Well, like, well yeah, and, and the Bruins notoriously not a stick-with-the-plan team after bad playoff losses, moving on from Tyler Sagan, moving on from Dougie Hamilton, like... They've gotten really lucky to continue to be in the position that they're in based on getting guys like David Pasternak and having a player like Brad Marchand like actually turn into an elite player from being like a third, second liner kind third of Third line grinder, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, should we talk about the uh, David Pasternak trade rumors? You know, no. the ones we're making up right now. <laughs> Come on, we gotta yeah, we gotta get we gotta get trending. We gotta get an audience like on on Twitter and stuff. We gotta start these rumors, falsify our way into into fame. Anytime I hear the word falsify, I think uh, think about the fugitive. I don't know if you guys ever seen the fugitive, but nope. Oh, incredible movie. This is, a, this is a scene where Harrison Ford gets up on a stage and and yells, "You falsified the data." And it's, it's just like iconic. Oh, I, I actually have seen that part. That's the only part I've seen, and it was great. I, it was electric. I had no context for what was happening, but I was like, he did falsify the data. No doubt in my mind. It was a very convincing performance. My point. <laughs> All right, well, that was... All right, then, Cam. <laughs> that was my interjection, and glad Cam was on board. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. That was a everybody go 37 see, out of 37 on taste. Everybody go see 1993 movie The Fugitive with Harrison Ford. It's incredible. In theaters. Hey, I was going to say, is it still in theaters? Or? <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the only one they've I don't, I don't think anyone should be in theaters. But No. Uh, in fact, a lot of theaters are shutting down right now. But uh, yeah. drive-ins are cool. Uh, I haven't, drive-ins I haven't are been great. to one yet, but we, really we got one and I'm I was thinking about going to one this week, but it'll probably have to wait till next week. 
There's one right by my place in Maine, Cam. Let's go. Oh, we'll have a little driving date. Hell yeah. A little date, <laughs> just like yeah. throwing a hockey game. Hey, yo. yo, they can show a miracle. Or Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most recent one they played... Oh, I thought I saw the sign. Fuck. They play a lot of kids' movies. They'll do like a kids' movie and then like a rated R movie right after. <laughs> Gotta, gotta, go, gotta go see the double like, feature. Yeah, so, so, so bring your kids and then let them run in the woods. It's so fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, that does sound pretty main, so that's all right. To be fair. Well, I can say that. To be fair. Uh, to be fair. To be fair. Wow, that was, that was um, pretty perfect. No, actually, I, I thought about it. I thought about it. Usually they'll do a PG movie that goes into a PG-13 movie. And then they'll do a PG-13 movie that goes into rated R. And then they'll go to a rated X movie, and then they'll go back to the PG (laughs) movie, so you feel better about yourself. Yeah, that's after midnight. (laughs) After Dark. Bruins and Bruins after Dark. Last week definitely would have qualified for that. What's up, Cam's roommate? He just delivered me some pizza. Did you... What kind of pizza? Did you pass out the crust? Yeah. Fucking right. Hell yeah. (laughs) 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 Fucking right, boys. Thanks. (laughs) Fucking right, boys. What, what kind of pizza? Oh, it's, uh, all right, this one is, let's see here, um, mushroom, onion, bacon, arugula. Let's see how drinkable it is. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh. All right, folks, we got a uh, Cam Hasbrook pizza review coming. Wow. I'm going to hit it with like a one on the drinkability scale because <laughs> it's literally not drinkable. Damn. Wouldn't that be a zero? It's so crushable food-wise, it's so eatable, (laughs) that it deserves a point on the drink scale anyway. I think think there's a word for eatable. (laughs) Eatable. Edible. (laughs) (laughs) So edible, that sounds weird. Like, this is extremely edible. I guess it's drinkable. Yeah, you're right. It's a sick edible, man. Anyway. Yeah. um, Taste. You can definitely taste it. I'm giving it like a 34 on taste. Damn. Very good. And it also tastes good. Right on. Separately Where's it from? from? Taste rated. What, what style? Uh, what style crust you got there? Um, like a not a, not like a thin thin crust, but like a pretty much a New York style. Not really like a all right, cool. Not much of a a little flatter than a New York, you know. But good stuff. I got some. Anyway, I don't know what we're talking. I got some pizza. Where did you get it from? Yeah, yeah go for it. Did your roommate make it or order it? Yeah, we we've been making pizzas tonight. We're making like four. Oh, nice. Oh, that's yeah. cool. You mean your roommates are making pizzas? Well, no, I mean, I made the first one, and then I had to come on here with you jackasses, so now here we are. That that arugula looks... uh, Arugula on pizza, underrated. Uh, Yeah, it really is. Arugula in a lot of things, underrated. You can throw arugula in, like, mac mac and cheese is a pretty good arugula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the best green. Arugula Arugula. arugula on, like, a good breakfast sandwich is really good. Oh, yeah, I always do it, like, uh, if you have, like, an English muffin breakfast sandwich, like, a nice, like... Over easy egg, some cheese, a little like salami or something, and then a little, little arugula. Good stuff. You right there? Chris? Yeah, I'm trying to get my <laughs> fucking dog to stop barking. <laughs> she will not. Do you like my Darth Vader impression? Yeah. Uh, luckily, she's not causing the other Darth dogs to bark because they usually, uh, yeah, RIP RBG. Um, yeah. Kim's super prepared to talk about no i mean i am i just don't think i should (laughs) (laughs) for my yeah yeah we got a lot of yeah you're a working man now you're in the you're a professional media man a lot of a lot of politics going on right now yeah a lot of that politic going on sure are a couple 
I'd say at least two or three politics going True. on right now, which is I would say, ample, I would say ample three. Politics. Yeah, I would say three. Yeah, ample. Solid three. Um, Politics. Yeah. Uh, without directly addressing <laughs> anything, um, fucking wear a mask uh, and do Please, do take the love of fucking God. Do yes. take COVID seriously, uh, regardless of what any uh, person might say. Like, regardless of whether you have ten doctors and all the experimental medicine and a helicopter to fly to the hospital yeah. and all that um or steroids that make you feel better than you may actually be yeah also just consider whether or not healthcare might be something that you enjoy just especially mm. you know during, during well, i wonder if that's, this is going to change uh, anyone's but. view on uh on <laughs> socialized medicine but yeah interesting it kind of makes you wonder kind of makes you wonder makes you think Makes, my makes cousin, my cousin just added me on Venmo out of the blue. I hope he's paying me right now. <laughs> he doesn't owe me any money. I don't know, owe him any money, that but he just added very me. Optimistic. So. <laughs> I hope, I hope he like he he, to, he, we like lost a bet a yeah, while ago. What if he just ago, wanted to talk and, to you and he just Venmoed you one cent so he could like just send a message to you, <laughs> just get your attention? Yeah, I had a friend who did that for a while. He was, he like created a new Venmo account and was just like sending people very small sums of money to send them messages. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> uh, Debrusque and Krug. Yeah, we we and Carlo. They're hearing about Debrusque and Carlo and Krug situation. Is Krug situation? I would not be thrilled about trading Brandon Carlo. Oh no, never. Uh, yeah, I mean, no lifetime brewing number retired. Unless, I, think very, I think that'd be very. Silly. Unless you're getting something really solid back. So the the only situation in which I would trade Brandon Carlo is if you're trading him. For a huge upgrade somewhere else, and and, and not, it wouldn't necessarily just be Carlo. It would be like Carlo in a package for like a huge upgrade. And but like I'm 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 gonna stick with like hey stop trying to fuck with things. Like this worked already. We just got unlucky with it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there was a pandemic in the middle of the season. Like, yeah, it's a little weird. It's, I am not to like make excuses, yes. but like so let's not panic. Let's, you're okay. Let's not fucking steer the ship into a fucking glacier uh yeah i mean it's just if if you were to trade brandon carlo it'd have to be something where it'd be like a clear upgrade somewhere and where it wouldn't be like creating a hole somewhere to fill a hole somewhere else like that's not i i would want to it would have to be for like a stud winger or like an upgrade defensively if you're trading like Brandon Carlo and Jake DeBrusque and a pick or something and like get somebody dope in return. But like and you're hoping somebody younger too. Yeah. Like ideally Matt Barkowski would really be the, the dream <laughs> the dream land. Now. I mean if we're talking about so Matt, I would rather I would rather a Matt Barzell, but uh, we probably could have had him in a draft somewhere. Stephen Camper. <laughs> Joe Corvo uh, um, still a free agent, as far as I. Uh, as Jesus far as I know. Christ! Really? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on the Carlo front. I don't, I don't think that one makes sense at all. I wouldn't want to give him up. DeBrusque, I could see it being more of a possibility. I don't really want that either. I think he hasn't reached his peak. I think he's close. I think you give him this next season, you're going to see some mucho goodo things. I think he also um, doesn't have tremendously high value right now. You know what? Yeah. No, exactly. So here's the thing. I, I agree with both of you uh, to a point. I I don't agree that – I. so 
there is obviously a chance that he has not reached his peak. Uh, but I'm worried that what if this is his peak and this is how good he is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and so in that way, I agree with Kim where like, I'm not sure his trade value is that high. Um, but yeah. also I'm not sure what you gain by trading him because he is already like a 20 to 25 goal scorer. And that second line kind of seems solidified at this point where like, obviously mm-hmm. there are inconsistencies. There's one of them being Jake DeBrusque, but maybe that is a result of not having a consistent winger on the right side. And I think mm-hmm. Andre Kasha over there could perhaps bring some steadiness to it. Although like, I'm still worried about Kasha being able to be healthy for a full year, but especially after seeing him just like put himself in position to get absolutely destroyed like three times a game, but he yeah, just Bjork the shit out of himself for a while. <laughs> it was great. Um, so Krug, I mean, I don't think he's coming back. I think it's pretty clear. Like that's just no, no, I, I think so too. But you think they're gonna just they're gonna be able to get his uh, trade? Get, I was gonna say get his rights away. Well, it doesn't make and, much sense. So, but you know, trade his rights away. Do you think they can take his rights away? <laughs> you think they're gonna take his rights? So I, I guess the the thing I would say is, uh, uh, this isn't the Carl Soderberg episode anymore because I guess we went with thirty three. But uh, Soderberg is like the last time the Bruins traded somebody's rights that I can remember I'm sure they might have done it another time but it was like a significant pending free agent that they weren't going to resign they traded his rights to Colorado and I think it was for like a sixth rounder or something like that you're not going to get significant value just for someone to have like the negotiating rights to sign a player yeah um hockey's weird though like I do I do kind of, there it is. Yeah, I do kind of feel like Catch that was that was accidental actually. I didn't presented by I, Bruins Die yeah, Hards. <laughs> I didn't plan that. Um, Bruins Die where, Hards. Where I don't know. There's just like this weird loyalty if if someone and, and it happens in baseball too. If there's like deadline deals where someone gets dealt for at the trade deadline, they kind of feel like oh you wanted me, so now I'm more willing to resign there. I guess there's that kind of like psychology there. There's no reason why a player has to sign with a team that trades for your rights. <laughs> like it's, uh, but I, I do feel like it happens. Like and yeah, it's happened where teams have traded for rights and they've just gotten pushed off. Like it's not common, well, but it does happen. I I think it does make a difference because you know you think in your mind that that team uh, they fight for my right to party. You know, <laughs> so it's like you, know, you got a little bit of. <laughs> Hey! That might be the name of the episode, and definitely the cold open. Fight for your right to play. <laughs> oh man, rip Ad Rock. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see it happening, but they're not going to get anything huge from it. I think if you see any move from the Bruins before the, uh, the like super significant move before the draft, it's going to be getting a first round pick because they they don't have one, right? Yeah, it's not. I don't. I don't... I looked. No I looked really though. quickly today yeah, that I one. didn't see Bruins logo, so I was like, "Okay, they don't have one." No, they they moved it in the <laughs> uh, in the David Backus deal. Um, right, right. But um, uh, I mean, like, I don't think they're gonna get it back unless it's part of a deal involving somebody like Jake DeBrusk. Yeah, and I would hate to see that because I don't think that pick is super valuable in the grand scheme of things. Like it. If you're looking at the rebuild several years down the Not road, worth giving up Jake DeBrusque right yeah, now. Yeah, like if, if you're looking at the rebuild several years down the road, like sure, 
fine like but you're also punting on on several years of jake debrusque being your second line left wing so unless you really think andrews bjork is like ready to go which i mean i feel like sure but i'd, Promising, I'd rather but have would, like yeah. we like to talk about with with connor like i feel like we got to stop hoping for players to be what we want them to be and finally like get that guy up on that second line who could push everybody down a little bit and and, and yeah. make that. which is ironic to say while we're arguing for keeping jake debrusque well, but no <laughs> but we're, ta- we're talking I more agree, though, we're yeah. talking more i mean debrusque is like proven 2025 goal scorer like that's yeah. that's valuable even if it is inconsistent we're talking more about like bumping kasha down to the third line if, yeah. if we get that like right wing type player um but yeah i mean i i would rather go that direction than go the direction of like we can trade away debrusque because we have bjork mm-hmm. yeah Wow, oh, Chris is on fire tonight. I feel like this has been a Sports. an episode of of me doing a lot of referring to the Bruins as we. Uh, l- let me <sighs> let me declare: I am not a part of the Bruins organization. Uh, <laughs> He's just trying to be. Usually, I do the journalistic thing of referring to the Bruins as, as as a they, but this is more of me putting myself in the shoes of Don Sweeney and. and no, you're just deep in your feels right now, yeah, man. man. It's okay, dude. I, I've, I've, like had beer, I've had a very attached to the Patriots game's already started, and I'm... Just everywhere, man. Scatterbrain. By the way, they shouldn't be playing that game. Yeah. No, sure. not at all. Yeah. They shouldn't be playing football the way they're playing football in general. Yeah, as, but... as the White House has proven uh, with Kaylee McEnany, like, testing positive, like, four days after everybody else, hey, maybe, like, the incubation time of this virus is not the two days that you've given people to test positive. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great. Oh, well. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Anything else? Congrats, Tampa Bay. Sure. Yeah, whatever. I'm I'm not as mad about it as everybody <laughs> else is. Like that's I think it's cool to see the like okay, their their post-cup festivities, yeah, go f- fuck themselves. Like that shit sucked. That was irresponsible and and shitty, but seeing the best team actually win in hockey is cool sometimes because it kind of justifies watching it because sometimes when i watch hockey i just kind of feel like what's the point like we're just Chris gets super existential he's just like why am i here what do i do we're just flipping coins like what's the point like what's the point if dallas can go to the finals with uh, go to the cup final with like a bunch of rookies and a bunch of washed up vets then like what are we doing here but yeah seeing seeing the like 100% 100% best team win uh, kind of justifies that all the time that you put in watching and the time that we put in writing about, well, I guess we don't write about it that much. We should write about it more. Hey, uh, sorry, Court, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll get to it. He yeah. doesn't listen to this. So it's, <laughs> yeah, okay. The end the ends justifies the means, though. Good old Machiavelli. Good old Machiavelli. Who got, like, not, fucking not murdered because he was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, you know what they... They call him Big Guy Mac. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Mac. Yeah. He's the original Big Mac. Wait, Cam, can we talk about how uh, you are Averman? Oh, from, yes, yes. Um, yes, dude. Oh, that's it. When I, when I first yeah, saw that, perfect. I thought your face was Photoshopped on it. <laughs> and then I realized, no, that's the actual kid. 
Yeah, yeah. I had somebody message me and say, "Is that you?" Nope. Absolutely incredible. Could have been. I should have just said, "Yeah." No, I was actually me. I was in the Mighty Ducks movie. So I forget how I stumbled upon that. Like I, I had never thought of that before. But you sent out that video of you cross-checking somebody and i think i was looking for whoa whoa hip checking somebody not cross-checking sure hip checking whatever uh i i was (laughs) cam cam noted dirty player um yeah i was was looking for the uh the gif of uh two minutes well worth it (laughs) i I stumbled across some uh some averman gifs and i was like oh man this needs to be the thing yeah, I think I'm gonna roll with this for a little while. I think it's kind. Of, I think it's also kind of fitting in my personality. Just that, that look is just like, hey, better, 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 hum, better, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, Team Averman for sure. I have my Mighty Ducks jersey upstairs actually, but it's a Conway jersey. So Why, I don't understand people who who like Charlie Conway. I mean, I don't know. He's, he's Dude cool. sucks. Like, what do you, mean? <laughs> you know, you were a fan of Conway. No, you like he was Conway a really guy? bad player. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even I mean he didn't make the roster. I mean I, I guess he was good in D three, but Yeah, I mean like, you know, he's he's cool. He was he was like the fuck up in D one and then Well yeah, but he was like the main character, you know, so he had to like Yeah, but and then he was like yeah, he, had he the was like the, like the coach on the ice. He was like the coach's kid basically because Bombay fucked his mom. Uh <laughs> Bombay did fuck his mom. That was a tough <laughs> tough go for, for him. Yeah. Um but then he was all about it. Actually, we we do like we do need to have, we do need to have a, a Lancey episode where we make him watch all of the Mighty Ducks movies and do the do the whole thing. But, um, I mean, Jesse was the best character, Jesse Hall, or like the best yeah. the best I mean, player at least. Talk about Jesse's yeah. girl. He wasn't like the, he wasn't the most interesting character, but yeah, he was he was the best player. I think it was uh fucking what's his name the goalie. <laughs> Gold, Goldberg? Uh, Goldberg, yeah, fucking Goldberg. Goldberg was the goat. More like Goldberg, am I right? Yo, but Russ Tyler, though, uh, with with the definitely illegal jersey switch and putting on all the goalie equipment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so he can get an open shot from what I assume was his own blue line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from a clapper. Dude, dude had a fucking clapper, though. Fucking me shoot. The funny thing is, like, the knuckle puck, while inaccurately depicted, yeah. Uh, if you can get off a shot with, like, it's, yeah, it kind of works. Like <laughs> that, it definitely would move in that way. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. The, that's the, the puck would flip like, like that, but if you get the puck, like, floating, yeah. Yeah. That's why those dumpins from, like, the red line sometimes are scary. You know, you try to bounce them in, especially a little Tumbling muffins. Bounces, like, tumbling muffins, baby. Tumbling muffins all the time, left and right. It's like fucking Candyland out here. I saw this uh, this <laughs> meme and it was uh, all these board games, Candyland being one of them, as like depicted as horror movies. Oh, like these pictures, like Candyland from the makers of blah 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 horror movie. Cool man, <laughs> this is a cool story, it's dude. Cool. You should you got you should have been there, man. When I found it at like two a.m. on Facebook, man. You You're dying. Been, been, been <laughs> yeah, crying. you should have been there at two a.m. when I was scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> all right i think that's about where we wrap it up joe <laughs> no that's perfect yeah that's a perfect to do. you gotta that. sing something though i'm hooked on a feeling 
I'm high on believing. Believing. 